This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey, this is Rachel Cousins, and you're listening to Tobin Tonight. We haven't talked maybe in like two years. I feel like it seems crazy, but I think you've actually been on, you have been on this podcast, but we just did an audio interview. And I guess my first real question is, are you still a neat freak? Yes. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I have to say I am. <laughs> That's fair. I mean, I'm in my room. I'm in my room and like, look, like everything I, I tidied up to the best of mm-hmm. my abilities. Cause I was like, man, if Rachel comes on and she sees just one thing out of place, she's going to just, it's going to be over. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But how have you been handling COVID? Um, It was difficult, like as it was for everybody in the beginning. Um, I have just as a person, I have a really big fear of like the unknown. So you can only imagine how anxious and like out of control I felt the beginning of COVID. But um, no, it's been pretty good. Like I just take it as a learning opportunity. um, And I've been focusing on a lot of areas that I didn't really have time or didn't let myself focus on before COVID. And I've been kind of forced to do that. So um, I don't know, it's just kind of bettering myself. Like I think that it was much needed for me to um, poke into other parts of my craft that I didn't really do before, you know? Yeah. Like I I know. So, cause I think the last time we talked and again, like I said, it could have been two or three years ago. I know at the end of that interview, I'm like, this is my memory. So I could have either like Sheldon Cooper memory here or just really bad memory. But I believe you said, we were joking around that you were getting ready to leave Newfoundland to go to Toronto. Did you ever get that chance? I didn't know. Um, I was supposed to go in the summer and COVID hit like mm, a few months right before I was supposed to leave. So uh, yeah, everything was like taken away pretty quickly. So that trip to Toronto never got to happen, but I'm also a person who always says that everything happens for a reason. It's just a motto that's like gotten me through a lot of things and you can call it a coping mechanism, but that's truly how I feel about things is that it happens for a reason. And I think that there's like a plan already written for all of us. And so, I don't know, maybe I just wasn't ready to go to Toronto. Maybe it wasn't my time yet. And this was just like a bigger thing that I had to deal with. Um, So yeah, I just, at first I was really disappointed. um, And I still get really disappointed when things are canceled, but um, yeah. I don't know. I just think that it's the way that it's going to be. So it's not really, there's no point in me getting really upset and just staying in a pity party for months. Um, I just had to kind of get over it and put my big girl pants on like everybody else. Back here, you know? <laughs> well, I mean, I had my own little pity party and it was great. No, <laughs> yeah, no, I bet. <laughs> um, but I'm sure your, your mom was happy, even if she was like, oh, that, that really sucks. You don't get to go. And then later on, she's like, yes. Yeah. Secretly. <laughs> she's like, all right. Um, <laughs> But I, I do like what you said there, because I mean, again, everything happens for a reason. Like, there's no point of, if, especially when it's out of your control. It's not like you mm-hmm. can go in more and be like, okay, COVID, that's enough of you. Like, yeah. uh, I'm I'm canceling you. Um, but talking about COVID, of course, and these opportunities, like, get a little bit more in detail, I guess, of like, um, what kind of things you did during COVID. Because, of course, you were saying about getting a little bit out of the comfort zone and getting more time to do things like I know personally for me 
during COVID, I was like, okay, should I really go back and do a podcast? Like who's going to want to talk during COVID when there's nothing to promote? And then mm-hmm. when I seen artists doing Instagram lives, I was like, there's, there's like a catch 22. Some artists are like, I have nothing to promote. Why am I coming on? And then there's yeah. others like, oh my God, let me on something. So I let people know that I'm still here. I still mm-hmm. exist. Uh, so give me a little bit in detail of what you did during COVID. Yeah. Um, I think one of the main things that I did was I really picked up on like being able to produce myself at home. Um, it's something I never had to do before COVID. So I never like forced myself out of my comfort zone. I always found it really stressful. Like the idea of having to download software and like get familiar with how to um, record yourself. And then I was forced to, like, I was literally, there was no other option. If I wanted to keep releasing music and keep doing something with myself, um, I just kind of had to learn. And so I buckled down and I asked a lot of people questions. Um, I bugged the hell out of a lot of my music, my musician friends, um, and producer friends, just because I had no idea what I was doing. Um, but then I released summer Lovin' and I recorded that here at home. And then my producer like fixed up whatever I still wasn't good at, but, um, that was like a really big accomplishment for me to be able to record something myself. Um, and like know how to work a computer because before I was like, I'm just a singer. Don't let me do anything else. Um, and then now I just feel more independent than I really ever have. Um, I was really bad at not live streaming throughout COVID. I dealt with just like many other people have and many other artists that I know a really bad state of like just blues where I didn't want to do anything, no motivation whatsoever. Don't want to go on a live stream for two hours and fake being fine. Um, just wasn't having it. I just really didn't want to do it. Um, and I know that people really want it live streams, but just for me, it just felt so out of the norm to have to go on a live stream for two hours. I'm really bad at having to stare at a screen. Like I, I find it is really isolating. Um, yeah. it's different than scrolling. It's like, you can't even see your audience. So I don't know. I, it, it was a struggle for me at first. Uh, I did a few live streams and a few people hosted me on their pages and stuff, but just to like have to go on a live stream, um, once a week, I really credit artists doing that because it takes a different level of motivation yeah. than going to a show, um, going to a show. It's like you're feeding off of your audience and there's like an atmosphere in the room and then you get on a live stream and you're just like sitting in your room. I, it just felt so sad to me. I just didn't want to do like, I felt no motivation to do it. And that's the honest truth. Um, so I didn't, I was bad at that, like bad at being on social media. Um, and I think that's one of the lessons I learned is that maybe I just have to suck it up every now and then for the fans, because that was definitely a struggle. Yeah. I, I like your answer there for live stream. Cause I feel like you're not the only one in that boat. Like I know for no. me, even for a podcast, it's like, what am I, 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 pretty much post once a week of here's a new art or like, here's a new act we have on, here's a clip for them. Mm-hmm. And then there are people that will tell you like, well, geez, like that's once a week. Why don't you do more? And I know as an artist, I guess it, it's somewhat similar, but I feel like as an artist, if you have a musical voice like yourself, you can mm-hmm. easily get on and be like, Hey, here's a cover I'm doing. And you yep. get on for like 20 or 30 minutes. And if you take requests from people, that's great. Like me, if they're like, can you sing to us? I'm like, you're going to tune like, out within like yeah. 20 seconds immediately. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. But I do see a lot of artists that do that. Like they'll just do live shows on Instagram. And I think there's a kind of a pro and con. The pro would be, mm-hmm. you, like you said, you don't get to see the facial reactions. But right. I think the example I use on a lot of episodes I've done since COVID hit is, I think it was like a Rascal Flats one that I was watching one time when they did a live stream. And mm-hmm. someone had commented, I like, you were the first show I ever seen. Love you guys. And they seen it in real time and were able to like read it and respond. And the same with like Luke Combs. And I was like, 
you don't get that in a concert because there's a guy that's like four rows up being like, I love you guys. And it's like, yeah. that's, that's great, dude. So <laughs> I, I think that's the pro. But of course, mm-hmm. like you said, there's always cons of if you don't want to do it, if you don't get the energy. Um, I know there's an act actually from Ontario. It's like Jess and Tay that do like Wine Wednesdays. I think that's what it is. They're like, when, yeah, Wine Wednesdays. So they just take requests from people about like relationship advice because they're like, screw it. We don't always have to sing. We can just give you yeah. advice. And I'm like, that works too. <laughs> um, I do love talking to people like that. I wish that I had the nerve to like just get on a live stream and talk to people because I'm a chatterbox. And like if somebody yeah. were to give me a topic, then like I'd be so fine with um, just talking to people. But I, I guess like getting on a live stream and I know that singing is what I do and stuff, but it just felt really like awkward to me or something. I can't even really explain what it is. But um, yeah, I guess it's just one of those things that I just never really got used to. And I had to get used to a lot of other things, but singing, I, you know, it's, like, it's the last thing you think that I'd struggle with, but I don't know. It was like a really weird thing for me. If someone told me tomorrow, it's like, Hey, what do you think Rachel Cousins struggle, struggles with? I'd be like, um, I don't know. Like she clearly says live stream. They're like, actually it's singing. I'd be like, no, you're a liar. You're we're a liar. Lying. Get, out, get out of here. Don't you lie yeah. to me like that again. Um, but yeah, it's, it's funny. Cause when I do think of Instagram and when you said it's something you had to get used to, and I know some people will attack me after for this and maybe you will at, at this point and I'm totally fine with it. Cause we've done it before. It's like, <laughs> I look at this, I look at you cause you're, I don't know. Like, I think it's like seven years younger than me, maybe, maybe mm-hmm. even like 10, but at the mm-hmm. same point, I look at your generation, like you guys are the TikTok, the Instagram, the generation that doesn't have a care in the world to go on TikTok and be like, Hey, mm-hmm. check out this video. I'm actually going to make fun of someone else's TikTok. And I'm like, I am scrolling through this for hours going like, how do you have this many views on this yeah. simple video? But you basically saying, Hey, I'm not really into that. I'm like, I don't know if that's growth or I don't know if that's <laughs> like, Hey, you're going to get yourself out of so much trouble in the future. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. It, it's so strange because like, as a, I mean, I'm 20, so I just yeah. ended my teenage years, but like as a teenager, um I was I'm like obsessed with social media in a really unhealthy way like I'm gonna admit that social media is like the death of me and I have to take breaks on it because I really like immerse myself into it which is not a good thing um but then the minute it's like I have to find motivation to like put myself out there and like have people be able to judge me or something it makes me want to cry I just don't want to do it so it's so easy for you to just scroll through stuff and like make silly TikToks but then the minute you're putting yourself out there with your career or with your voice or with something that you really like is your prized possession. It's like, I want no part of that. It's like, I don't know. It's just something. And maybe it's because COVID that was like the only option. It's like, no, you can't sing live where you're most comfortable. You have to do it online. Mm, No, thank you. Not for me. Like, yeah. I feel like it's, it's kind of like to relate it in an artsy way or entertainment. It's like the same as maybe a stand up comedian. That's kind of forced. Like when you go to a live show, you're there to see them. And it's almost like there's a boldness. Like if you're going to call out a comedian at the show, you know, you're about to get destroyed, especially right. if they're good. We're mm-hmm. on an internet. It's like, I'm in Baltimore. You're in like Ohio. Like, what are you going to do yeah. to me? If I call you shit, it's like exactly nothing, I guess Like yeah. I can block you. Yeah. There's um, a big like lack of social cue. And um, I guess like self-restraint on the internet, maybe that's what scares me about it. I don't know, but um, yeah, just finding motivation to put myself out there in a different way on the internet during COVID was something I could not attach myself to. 
No, I mean, that's fair. Like I, I've seen people like, of course, like when you have just say so many viewers on TikTok, like I highly doubt those people, even if it's like for the 15 seconds of fame, they're going to go mm -hmm. back and read every scroll through every comment. But that's the sad right. part is they'll pick the good ones and be like, oh my God, they actually like my video. Cool. But they'll really harp on like on the bad a 28 year old or a 29 year old yeah. like myself that has nothing better to do and just thinks it's like a like the same as you're talking to a buddy. If your buddy's like, actually, I'm going to try out for the Maple Leafs. You're like, you suck. And then yeah. you just think that passes them. But if it's like an 18 year old on TikTok, and you're like, I don't understand this. This is garbage. That comment somehow affects them more than someone going like, I can't believe you're 18. You're doing this. You're awesome. This is great. Mm -hmm. No, that made nothing to them after you said they're garbage. <laughs> yeah, no, it's literally human nature. Like um, as somebody who struggles like with mental health and, and all that kind of stuff, psychology really intrigues me. It's something that I just like, really looked into, um, I guess just by myself, I just find it really interesting, but it's literally human nature for you yeah. to focus on negative over positive. It is so, it sucks so bad, but almost everybody I know is the same way, especially if you're artistic. Like there is nothing worse to an artist. Like it's, it feels, it's so good when somebody compliments you or somebody says this song is so, like I really relate to it. And then the minute you get a bad comment, you really have to get used to it because I, at this point, now yeah. in my career, I do have the haters. Like I have somebody who was always harping on me for this one specific thing and I've gotten over it and stuff, but she literally pops up everywhere. And I just have to be like, Oh my God, because if that had happened to 16 year old me, I would yeah. have harped on it. That's all I would have paid attention to. But I think what I've realized is like, it does not matter who you are, what you do, how great of a person you are, how good you are, at what you do. There's always, 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 always going to be somebody who doesn't like you or is hating on you. You, yeah. you can't avoid it. There's just no, it's literally unach unachievable for you to be able to say, nobody's ever going to hate me. I'm going to be the perfect person. Nope, there's no such thing. Everybody's, there's always going to be somebody. So that's just kind of what you have to get used to. But when I listen, I really, really, really struggled with that. Like in my preteens. Yeah, yeah, no. If somebody gave me a hate comment, it was the end of the world. We have seen the ECMAs kind of with other uh, things going on in Halifax and Turo. Like they had the women's hockey. They got canceled. Mm -hmm. Of course, they're having their outbreak like we had our outbreak. Mm -hmm. So it's almost like I get why they're a little bit more precautious on things. Um, but kind of where do you stand right now in sense of the ECMAs? Like, have they given you any heads up of, hey, you're going to do something from home. Uh, they want you to record something. What's the latest that you've got? Um, I think that it's impossible for any to anybody to be frustrated with anybody right now, just yeah. because everybody's on the same page. I mean, it's not like we've dealt with a pandemic before. So it's not even like I can be upset about how things have been moved or how things are being dealt with. Cause it's like, nobody has dealt with this before, including big boards like ECMAs or big award shows and provinces. Nobody has done, done this before. So I can't be frustrated. Yeah. Um, obviously everybody's really disappointed that the in-person ECMAs are not going ahead. It's something that I was really looking forward to, but um, even if they were opened, um, I know that a lot of people were going to opt out just for safety reasons um, so yeah, everybody right now is just on the page of like trying to figure out how we're going to do this virtually again. Um, that's yeah. kind of where we're at right now. So there's been like so many exchanges in group chats and with bands and through email and music and L, um, have been just absolutely back and forth, like with everybody and really, um, 
trying to dish it out to everybody as soon as I get it because they're trying to be as supportive as they can and they really are um, helping everybody out as much as they can. But um, yeah, I think that there's like very dim light on the whole situation right now. Um, for me personally, I'm just yeah. figuring out how I'm going to do this virtually. I know that so many other people are in that boat. Um, yeah. You know, it'll all come together as it should. And, and I know that everybody's dealing with it the same way I am. So like, I'm not disappointed with anybody. And I think that they're handling it the way that anybody else would right now, um, to be quite honest with you, because it's a really big thing to have shut down quite last minute. I mean, it was only supposed to happen. May yeah. 5th, we all would have been traveling and it just happened that uh, Halifax is shutting down. So I think that anybody would be dealing with it the same way. So, um, so yeah, it's just, it is what it is at this point, and everybody does it the way that they think that they need to. Yeah, and I agree with you in in terms of like not pointing fingers because it's not like you have a kind of a record book or anything to be like, okay, how did we handle the pandemic back in like two thousand seven? Yeah, no. like let's look at New Brunswick demo and see if we can apply it to Nova Scotia. It's like no, this is like the first ever. This is new, um, yeah. But I agree with you in the sense of like, it's you gotta look at it from different levels. Like I'm sure there are people out there like, how dare they? How dare they? tell them not to come how dare they tell them to go virtual and then there could be artists out there that are like oh but i was supposed to perform like how is this affecting mm -hmm. me it's almost like you kind of gotta look at it in the future perspective of okay if you got acts from newfoundland coming new brunswick wherever and you you're going into a i'm gonna call it a hotbed almost of like nova scotia now i know there's different areas in nova scotia that have it but you don't want to go back to then your own province and be like the one carrier. And then that causes an outbreak. And then everyone's like the damn ECMAs. Why did they have yeah. to do that? Or, right. you know, and the same with music Newfoundland, there's no sense of anyone getting mad at music NL because they're just trying their best. Like, mm -hmm. like I said to you earlier, there was like emails coming out even to me. That's like, Hey, this person has to postpone this because of this, mm -hmm. like they're going to record that day. And I'm like, what am I going to be like? Oh, how dare you? Yeah, <laughs> how no. dare you? It's like, no, everyone's trying to adjust. You just have to kind of accept it. But it, like you said, there's not even a book that you can go on. It'd be, it'd be awesome if there was. Like, hopefully was, yeah. we don't have to go through it again. Because I, I think someone had on TikTok, and I mean, like, it's all dark humor. But someone had, like, the year is 2050. You're a parent and your kid comes in the room and be like, uh, Mom, what is COVID? And then she's, like, rocking out to music. And then she, like, goes deadpan. And it's like, why? And it's like, it's back. And then the song Spirits plays. Like, yeah. And then I was like, I was like, oh yeah, we can laugh at that. Hopefully someday, but yeah, we're down to like, why, why, <laughs> not yeah. yet. Um, and the other thing to remember is that, like, when it comes to dealing with like associations like East Coast Music and with Music NL, for me, um, one of the things that keeps me from like being frustrated or upset about something is like, sure, this is a board and this is like an association. Yeah. But these are all like singular people who also have families to go home to and who yeah. also have other jobs and also need to be safe. So it's like um, everybody is trying their best. I know that like so many people at Music NL are are not even off work some days because all that they're doing is getting online and helping out the artists that they're working with. Yeah. So And I know people firsthand like that, like Rhonda and David Shears, like they're all just so good. Um, and I, it's funny because I was talking to Dave um, yesterday because we're working on something together and, and I was just like, oh, so like, have you been? And he says, oh, you know, I've been off and whatever. And I'm like, off? And he's like, yeah. no, not really. Because yeah, all yeah. they're doing is going home if they're even in office and just working their butts off to help artists and give them information as soon as they get it so that nobody's left in the dark. So um, I know that we're all really grateful um, for people. And I know that people were frustrated at first, but and the, at the end of the day, like we're all just one music community and 
we're all just trying to help each other out as much as we can. So I am really grateful for ECMA yeah. and for Music NL and um, just to be Canadian and Newfoundland right now. Um, yeah, for sure. Well, I mean, full disclosure for people that are listening, like, again, I'm one of those people that it's not really like open, honest out, out in the hole because what's the sense of holding it in or telling someone like, like, oh, yeah, like that's how it happened. But I think I had reached out to you originally when like I was I was trying to, OK, how do we promote this podcast a little bit more like to mm-hmm. just Newfoundland? And I could figure out like the worldwide part because you just get guests on and hopefully they would share it. But I think it was like music Newfoundland. I was like, oh, I see like Rachel's in it. I seen. Uh, I think it was like Mark Manning and a few that I knew were in it. And I was like, Oh, let's reach out. And Rhonda, like we, like you mentioned, so shout mm-hmm. out to Rhonda. I was like, give me a little bit more detail on her. And then you were like, Oh, well, she's like, she's new to this job. She's relatively doing a really good job at this. And I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is good positive feedback. And that's kind of what you want rather than if you had to come on and be like, well, they're working all the time. They yeah. need a break. And I'd be like, I'd be like, okay, well, I don't want to be a burden on them. They'll be like, here's another person that's coming to the fold. But yeah, I, I do like the fact that what you said is they have families themselves. They're trying to keep up with it. And I, I feel like it's a double-edged sword for them because I'm sure there's a side of them like, oh my God, I'll email that person tomorrow. I want to spend time with my family. But mm-hmm. on the other side, they're like, hey, if I can get this information out to them right now, that gives them more time to prepare or mm-hmm. digest that information. But it's like, it's okay to take your own time. Yeah. As the song says. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, yeah. So the, the other thing I kind of want to get into you, you with, with the ECMAs is now you were supposed to be on, I believe you said like a, a panel as well. Mm-hmm. Is there any updates on how that's going to happen? Cause I, I, I assume they're going to try the best they can, but like we've all been on zoom chats. We've all been on these chats where it's like, no, you, no, no, you, no, oh, let me, yeah. no, you go. <laughs> Uh, I've been on like many Zoom uh, meetings, I guess you could say. I've done a lot of stuff online and honestly, it's been like pretty organized. Um, Music and L stuff has always been so good. Like throughout the pandemic, they're always really organized with it and stuff. And so I can only imagine how organized ECMA is going to be as well. Um, I'm on the Emerging Artist um, panel and I'm a delegate for that. So just talking about being an emerging artist and stuff. And I'm really excited to sit in on it, but they're always really good. And it's always just... um, as soon as somebody is speaking, they're put on speaker view and everyone else goes on mute. And um, so, yeah, I think that a lot of people are used to it at this point. It's so sad to say, but people are used to being online at this point and being on these panels and things like that. So I have really like high hopes for it. And I think that it's going to be really good and um, fairly easy and stuff. So yeah, I'm really excited to be able to speak on a panel, um, especially since everything else was canceled. I think that it'll be, it'll be good. And um, I'm definitely grateful to be a part of that. So like what kind of things, I, I it might sound like a silly question here, but like what kind of things are you excited for to be on a panel? Because I, I can imagine if someone asked me to more to be like, hey, you're going to be on a podcast panel. I'd be like, oh, cool. Like I can probably ask a few questions, even though they're like, no, hold on. You're going to answer some. I'm like, yeah, but I got questions myself. Like mm-hmm. I want to ask some stuff too. But yeah. I guess it's kind of nice to be included, number one, in a panel because it means like, okay, gee, it's like, these are people that could be looking up to you in the future and be like, this is where she, this is where she was, this is where she is now. And this is where it all kind of happened or began. But what kind of aspects are you excited about to be on a panel? Um, I think that you covered it. Like for, for me, it's like so nice to be able to not speak to people as like a superior artist or whatever. I'm literally funny and I'm figuring it out. Like I don't know what I'm doing yet. So, um, and that's like, that should be normalized. I feel like a lot of young artists, especially think that they're just supposed to have it figured out. Um, and 
newsflash, you're not going to ever figure it out, to be quite honest with you. Um, I think that you're always growing and you're always going to strive for more, especially when you're an artist, you're never going to be satisfied. Like it's just the way that it is. I've heard it from people that I look up to. You're never going to be quite satisfied. And that's not a bad thing. It's just um, who you are as an artist. So I really like the idea of just reassuring people and talking to them and letting them know what worked for me and what might work for them. And um, when I was, and when I still am, I still look to people and um, ask a lot of questions and look for a lot of reassurance, especially because it is very overwhelming and you dwell on a lot of things and you don't know what to do about a lot of things as an emerging artist and you just want to have it all figured out. Um, And so I think for me, it's really nice to just be able to talk to um, other emerging artists um, as they're equal, to be honest, and just let them know this is what I'm doing and this is what's working for me. And you're not alone in this feeling and you're going to grow from here and everybody starts somewhere. I wish that those were things that I heard a lot more, um, to be honest. So um, I think that this is great. I think that it's so nice of them to have a panel for emerging artists to listen to and just get themselves educated because everybody does start somewhere. So I think that it's nice for them to uh, have some opportunity for them to sit in on, you know? Yeah. I think it's interesting. Cause like when you think, cause I'm actually dissecting it all myself now from the podcasting mm-hmm. side of things and interviewing people like yourself, it's like, when I first started podcasting, my idea was let's get Adam Sandler on. Let's get like, you yeah. know, Bill Burr on. And I was like, let's shoot for the moon. And people were like, mm-hmm. yeah, do that. And then like, they'd walk away and be like, who does he think he is? And you're like, yeah. I, I think someday, like hopefully, but mm-hmm. I, I had to learn kind of myself of like, it's okay to have like your buddies on or, you know, people that are just starting off in the industry because then you get to be the person, like when you see late night talk shows and like someone like a Conan O'Brien and they'll have a guest on be like, did you know that you were like the first talk show that ever had me on? And that's why I always come back. I'm like, interesting. So you're basically mm-hmm. saying if I go back in 2005 when you were a nobody, like now he, now you're somebody and Conan gets the first crack at you all the time. So I'm like, cool. Mm-hmm. Because when we're talking about the East coast music awards, like when you go back and look at it, when you're say younger, or even today, you're looking at like neon dreams classified and those names, you're like, this is cool. This is East coast. But you have to remember that at some point they were probably on like, the rising star stage and you were like it's like what's this next act called neon dreams ah okay like i'm gonna i'm gonna go get a hot dog and then you're like yeah hold on like you walked out on neon dreams it's like listen it was 2005 i didn't know yeah Yeah, very true yeah but it is cool to think about that because there are probably like young artists out there now that are like looking for someone like yourself or i know in say ottawa's case where they have boots and hearts in Ontario and you're mm-hmm. looking at me like okay this is the opening stage and it's almost kind of odd to me of how many artists go on the boots and hearts stage as the opening act and then like three or four years later you see them on charts and mm-hmm. then they go continue from there and I feel like that's kind of like the east coast music awards for us in a way because you see them on like okay this is the opening stage and then three or four years later they could be nominated for an award mm-hmm. um, but yeah like you don't you don't get that. Like you won't see a, I, I shouldn't say it this way, but I will, but it's like, you won't see a Jimmy or Heather Rankin come on like a normal everyday podcast and be like, all right, all you 20 years olds out there, do you want to learn some music? It's like, yes, yeah. finally. But yeah. They're probably like 15 or 16 year olds or 20 year olds like yourself. They're like, hold on. That's a 20 year old. I can relate to her. She's mm-hmm. going to give me some advice. And it's like, your advice is like, Hey, take it easy. And they're like coming from her. I'll listen when it's like Jimmy or Heather Rankin. I'm like, 
they can be as sincere as you can be, but like, hold on, you've got records, you've got awards. Mm-hmm. I can't take you seriously. Very true. <laughs> I don't trust yeah. you. Uh, and the other thing is that like, I think that it's nice for people to be able, I mean, I'm still growing obviously. And I, I'm still like really trying to grow my audience and my fan base and stuff. But yeah. um, think about where I was like three or four years ago when I was just starting to like do my own business thing. And right before I released this fire, just doing random like open mics and stuff and things in a park and um, all of these like really good opportunities um, and looking at things like Neon Dreams or Rhea May, like I remember yeah. when Rhea May retweeted my song Let Go and she said about like how good of a song it was. I was freaking out, like absolutely freaking out, fangirling to the yeah. moon because I was like, oh my God, this person is like, it's like validation in a way. This person yeah. is acknowledging me. Um, and then all of a sudden I was nominated with her in a category. I was like, hold on. That's, 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 when, she, that's, when, she says, that's when she regrets retweeting it. She's like, no. <laughs> But it was like a full circle moment. And I want other people to know um, who are my age, my age and who are a little bit younger. It's like, you can do all of that before you turn 20. It's like, for some reason, there's like this timeline in music. Um, and I just don't really believe in it, to be honest, because I mean, I didn't think that I was going to be where I am now. Like when I was releasing this fire, I didn't think that it was going to be what it was. I thought that I was still going to have a really long, long ways to go when I was 20, but I'm like very happy with where I am right now Um, for my age and like for my timeline, I'm just very happy. So um, I want other people to know that they can like do that too. It's like, there's no set time. And um, like I said, it's not like you're, it's not a competition at all. That's the other thing that a lot of young, no, it's not (laughs) See, a lot of like young emerging artists look up to people and they just think that it's like a competition. Like I have to beat this person in this. I have to yeah. be better than this person. No, what you have to do is be better than you were a year ago. There's no such thing as being better than your peer because that'll ruin you. That'll ruin, that'll burn so many bridges with your friends. That'll ruin so many business opportunities. All that you have to do is, okay, I just have to better myself from where I was a year ago. And that could be very small. It could be very big. And once you realize that as an emerging artist, it changes a lot for you because then you're not putting so much pressure on yourself. There's like not this huge demand from yourself. You're not going to develop so many anxieties around your career. Like music is about creating and having fun and like meeting people and connection. Um, So I just want other people to do it a little bit differently than I did, which is why I want to take more opportunities, educating people and helping people because I want to be able to say to them, listen, you don't have to compete with people. You're competing with yourself and there's nothing that should make you absolutely like stressed out for no reason at 16 trying to do music. Like there's just no need for it. It should be fun and you should just be growing and not having, not trying to have it all figured out because that's what I did. And I feel like I wasted a whole two years just trying to figure everything out when there's not, it's not necessary. Like I'm only 20, you know, I, I, I am, I am going to, message your mom after and be like, I want to see that birth certificate because I don't think it's 20. I feel like that's a mind of like a 30 year old right there right now going like dissecting things and be like, listen, listen, that's not a competition. I feel like I know people my age that will come up to me and it's like, I know it's maybe a little bit different because sports is sports. It's competition. Mm-hmm. But even if it's like a friendly game, they're like, I have to beat you. I'm like, why, why do you have to beat me? Um, we're going, we're, we're going nowhere. <laughs> we're yeah. not going to the NHL tomorrow. Like literally once this game is done, Doug, we are both mm-hmm. going to a bar and we're both going to get drinks. And somehow you want to give me a black eye. And he's like, yeah, because yeah, it's hockey. I'm like, 
It doesn't have to. It's not be like that. No. And I, it's funny because I've done a few singing competitions um, in my life. Like I did sing in L. Uh, God, when was that? 2017, I think. Uh, and I won that year. And, and it was great. It was like such a great opportunity. Competitions are really good, especially when you're first starting out because they're um, pushing you out of your comfort zone. And like Music NL holds really good competitions um, during like festivals and stuff. And I remember doing ones in like Bannerman Park and um, just different like folk fest uh, competitions. They're so good for putting you out there and being able to receive criticism is huge for your first starting your career. It's really big. You have to be able to take criticism and grow from it and not just like get angry and upset because it's not defeating. Um, If anything, it's just helping you grow. But I don't know if I would do a big competition. I mean, people always say like, go on the voice, do like, like American Idol or, and I just don't really want to do that. I don't know. It's just a thing that I've done because maybe it's just like, I don't want to make a competition out of myself. Um, because if anything, the only competition that I have right now is bettering myself. Like I said, um, and my mom taught me a really important quote when I was younger And she always said, blowing out somebody else's candle won't make yours shine any brighter. She always said that to me, meaning being angry at somebody else for like having something you don't or, you know, trying to defeat somebody else to make them feel smaller to you and for you to feel superior um, is not going to make you any better. It's only going to make you angry and sad when you grow up. Um, And so I have always remembered that, like when I feel a little bit of jealousy, it's like, hold on now. No, that's not right. Um, because I should be proud of this person. And now I, I mean, I still catch myself being jealous. Everybody has an ego. Every single person has an ego. No, um, they don't. What are you talking about? Oh, I am so no, offended. by no. Everybody has an ego and everybody, um, has jealousy. It's just once again, human nature. But when I feel that little bit of like somebody posts on Instagram and they're getting all of these likes and, um, all of these streams and stuff, it's like, Oh, I wish that was me. And then it's like, hold on. Nope. I'm going to comment. I'm so proud of you. You're doing amazing things because that literally rewires your brain to, to not feel jealousy. It's more so I'm so proud of this person. I can't wait to achieve that as well. That's what you have to learn. Um, so that's another really important thing that I like try and carry with me. And I still practice it obviously because I catch myself, um, feeling those stupid emotions like everybody does, but, um, it's just like things that I just want to help and educate other people my age and younger and, you know, people trying to figure it out. Well, I like, I like how you say like everyone feels jealousy. Cause I was just about to say like, yeah, if everyone didn't, there wouldn't be a song by Jim Blossoms called Hey Jealousy. There would not mm-hmm. be a Jonas jealous song. Mm-hmm. They, imagine them coming out with that song. Someone's like, what is this word jealousy? I don't, emotion. Like, like, like what is Nick Jonas singing about? I've never felt that before in my life. It's like, <laughs> Nick, I'm sorry, but this song was not a hit. No one understands what jealousy is. He's like, really? Yeah. No one's ever felt jealous? And they're like, no, everyone's happy all the time, Nick. I don't only know why you. your problem is. Yeah, it's only, <laughs> only you, Nick. He'd be like, I, yeah. I'm so bummed. I don't want to release this song. Too late. Like, Too late. It's out. It's trending now. <laughs> it's called jealousy, and people don't understand the term. Um, the other thing that I think was kind of interesting off of all that is I feel like Mama Cousins gives you a lot of advice there. I feel like, you know, I, I know your mom from somewhat being in the same kind of service field that we're both in. But I feel like almost now I feel like on Monday going in and be like, it's like, dear Mrs. Cousins, I need some advice. Can you give me a really stellar metaphor? And she'd be like, who is this? I'd be like, never mind. Thank you. (laughs) (laughs) She is the queen of advice. Like my mom is very, 
she's like one of the most humble people I've met, but she's also so fierce and like so strong and she's very stubborn and that's where I get all of my stubbornness. Um, and I'm also a redhead. So like, I don't know what anybody expected, but um, yeah, she's always been really good for teaching me not right from wrong, but like just helping me rewire the things, especially raising a kid with like crippling anxiety and then getting diagnosed with like depression and being severely bullied and stuff. It's like, you kind of have to be able to dish out some really good advice because I looked for it a lot. Um, especially once I started dealing with a lot of anxiety and depression and things. Um, and she is not one to sugarcoat anything. She doesn't give it to you easy. She's very straightforward, but, um, for me, that's always worked for me. Um, and with my career, I mean, I call her momager cause she is my manager pretty much. Um, which as you can imagine can be very difficult, but I wouldn't really want it any other way because, um, at the end of a business day, if I'm feeling some type of way about something, um, I can go to her as my mom and as my manager and she can give me a really good piece of advice. And she always manages to like give me a new outlook on things. Um, so yeah, she's really good. And I definitely say that I get a lot of my, um, I guess different, quotes and different metaphors and analogies she's very good at giving me analogies it's the way that I learn um and so yeah I think that's where I get it from pretty much is my mom because she's very good at it I like how you said earlier about how easy kids just get on with bullying today because I feel like we're a generation that we grew up on like MSN we grew up on uh Facebook for the most part we had a lot of these face-to-face interactions like it's not all computers with us so you had to kind of either have a group of friends either ready to defend you or you'd be very quick witted or again, mm-hmm. just be the first to the punchline and let it not mm-hmm. bother it. Like you said, like you don't get away with it. I know online it's easier to say to someone, have a nice day. And then they're like, Oh, like, Ugh. but yeah. in person you tell someone like, yeah, you're stupid. Oh, you have a nice day. There's like 20 people like, <laughs> did you hear what yeah. she said? You told me to have a nice day. And you're like, I, I have to try to stay focused. I have to try to mm-hmm. not let this bother. But, I feel like today's generation don't get that. Like they, yeah. it's instantly of whatever someone says, it just goes right to the soul. And I'm like, mm-hmm. have you never, have you never been trolled? Have you never right. been trolled? Yeah, <laughs> right. um, no, like I was severely bullied uh, in junior high. Like it led to me having to transfer schools and stuff. And to be honest, I mean, I blocked a lot of it out just because that's the way that like brains work. But yeah. um, I couldn't even tell you how I reacted. Like, and it was, it wasn't just like the, you know, the cyber bullying stuff, which is ruthless. Um, I mean, I had that too. You could never escape it because everybody had a cell phone and you just get a text when you got home being like, yeah, I still hate you. Like don't come to school tomorrow, you know, like it follows you home. But like when people would say really nasty things to me, like in the hallway and stuff, or I don't know, like lock me in a locker or something. It was like, I don't even know what I would say because I never really learned and I was never really prepared for any of that. And it's so sad that people have to prepare for that at this point. Like, why do you have to prepare to defend yourself when you're bullied like that in school? I literally think that I would just stay quiet because I knew that if I responded anyway, it was just going to add fire to the fire. But now if somebody were to say something to me in public, it's so much better for me to just like straight face. I'm not saying anything back to you. Um, And some people are like, Oh, you think you're superior if you're not saying anything back. But if anything, sure, you're going to laugh at me and whatever, but like who really wins? Like at the end of the day, you put all your energy into saying something to me and I responded with nothing. So I don't know. You're going to take that home with you. And I'm not, you You probably were told this a lot growing up of ginger, 
because of the orange, because oh, yeah. of the beer color. But yeah. we have a guy on our team up in soccer, and we forget sometimes that some people don't like that, and we will call him Ginger, and he's okay with it. But like, there's a part of me that's like, is he okay with it because there's 20 of us and there's one of him, or is he okay with it because he's heard it enough in his lifetime that it's like, oh, he's like, whatever. He's like, yeah. I've been called worse. Like, I remember getting to go to school, and I was used. To, I'm so used to being called like big ears. And then uh -huh. I was like, okay, cool. But then I think it was in high school that someone came out with like the new one of like Port Weinstein because of my birthmark. And that one was like floored me. I was like, because yeah. you're so used to like big airs and you're just like, oh, that's that's me. Don't worry about it. And then next yeah. minute, it's like, Port Weinstein, you're like, oh, fuck. You know, what did you say? Yeah. With, you're so like, like, it gets worse. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you're coming up with new material. It took them 15 years. Yeah. And now they're coming up with new material. I'm scared. <laughs> I know, yeah. Um, for me, it was always like, I mean, when I was in grade seven, I was probably like 90 pounds. I've always been, I mean, I'm six feet tall. So yeah. it was always like, she's a giraffe. Oh my God. She's so lanky. Blah, blah, blah. None of that really ever bothered me. Um, yeah. until like the guys would start saying it. I mean, I was like a really young girl, fragile, yeah. very low, um, self-esteem. Nobody knew that I was a singer. I kept that from everybody. Cause I was like, yeah. nobody teased me about this. It's the last thing I want to hear. <laughs> Nobody's going to hear me sing. I'm not. Nobody gonna knew. Nobody knew what I was saying. Like I kept yeah, it from yeah. everybody. Um, and so, like, once the guy started teasing me about it, it kind of hit hard because I was like, "Oh no!" It's like this idea of trying to be pretty for a man. Ew! Why yeah. would I ever think that to myself? But like, this idea of trying to be pretty and like fit society's thing um, wasn't happening for me. Um, and then obviously, I got out of junior high and like had a glow up and whatever. So like, we're fine with it now. But um, at the time, it was like really hard to hear it. But now um, these people um, have not changed whatsoever. And once I left junior high, I realized what kind of family situations they had, how low their self-esteem was, how they really don't have much going for them right now, um, because they're they're angry people who felt the need to bring um, a you know a very small uh, insecure girl down because they wanted to feel good about themselves. So, I mean, that's on you. Like, that's not on me. I'm not really going to bring that home with me and, like, feel sad about it. And when I left junior high and I went into therapy and these things, that's the first thing they taught me. They was like, okay, well, that's their problem. That's not your problem, how, how they feel about you. Yeah. So my thing now that I always have to tell myself because I'm really bad at it, you're not – you can't control how anybody feels about you. You can only control how you respond. So all that I can do now is, like, control how I respond to somebody because I'm not going to take home somebody else's feelings. Like, I don't really – I don't have time for that. I'm not going to burden myself with that. I've been out of high school for what? It's been, yeah, like 10 years. And there are still mm -hmm. certain people that I will debate. Like you'll hear friends say, oh, they've changed. They're better. I'm like, to you maybe. Like I yeah. don't know if they're going to react to me. And some people you will reach out and be like, hey, no, we didn't get along in high school. Like, but I hope you're doing well. Or hope uh, seeing you had a kid, like good for you. Blah, blah, blah. And some of them are like really okay with it. And they're like, oh, mm -hmm. great to hear from you. And then other ones, you still get that vibe of like, like how dare the nerd contact yeah. me? And you're like, okay, <laughs> like <Yeah>. easy. <laughs> I can yeah. see typing. <laughs> yeah. I, I actually became friends with one of, I guess my bullies. Like I, um, we reconnected once we were out of high school and it's funny because she, well, not funny, but like she went through the same thing in high school that I did in junior high. So we kind right. of reconnected and she, I remember us sitting on the floor at a party and crying to each other because she was like, I'm so sorry that you dealt with this the way that I dealt with it in high school. She was like, I had no idea. 
um, that we were making you feel this type of way. So yeah. me and her are on great basis and you can see the growth in her as a person. Like yeah. it's just one of those things where you can look at somebody and really tell if they've grown and, and all the other people, I can genuinely say, I will never reach out to these people in my life. Never. Yeah. I will never be the one to reach out because I know that nothing has changed. Like I can yeah. tell you for sure, nothing has changed. Um, which is really sad because I feel like I've changed a lot. Uh, I'm a much different person than I was. Um, but I can just tell that nothing will ever change be between us. And yeah. like, maybe when I get my first Grammy, they'll be like, oh my God, congrats. I don't want to hear it. No, I'm joking. Don't care. Don't I'll, be like, I'll be very grateful and very gracious because I like hand handling things with like grace as much as I can. But um, yeah, no, I wouldn't. <laughs> no, some people, you know, it's difficult, but um, I try to like deal with things um, in a positive way. Now, other times I probably would just tell people to like shove it, but yeah. you know, it is what it is. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Um, it's definitely everybody grows at different paces, but some people just don't really grow. Yeah, like I, I see. I feel like your answer is a little bit more like respectable, or like more or less like what you should do. Where I'm more or less like the oasis or like the Noel Gallagher approach, where it's almost mm -hmm. like I don't think it's healthy, but to me, it's almost like you can justify it. Where it's like if I got like a Music NL award tomorrow for like best podcast or whatever, I don't think that mm -hmm. award exists. We're going to talk about this, Rhonda, but um, <laughs> if, if there was ever such thing and then there's like people reaching out to you that say VOCM, CBC are like, we want to interview you now. I'm like, oh, oh, you want to interview me now? Oh, okay. <laughs> and then they'll be like, and then someone will be like in your ear being like, Brian, this is great press. What are you doing? I'm like, yeah, I get it. But still, when I was wanting to go back like years ago when I wanted to get mm -hmm. a job, they couldn't find the time. So I'm like, no, they can bite it. And then it's like, yeah, that's so sour of you. I'm like, hear the whole story. Hear the whole yeah. story first. Um, yes, I get I get that. I just, um, maybe it's just because um, my mom like has yelled at me to not be like that. I also have to ask now, do you know what your Zodiac sign is? My Zodiac sign? Oh, I think, I feel like I could get this wrong, but I think it's like a Libra. You're a Libra? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's correct. I mean, listen, there used to be a thing on like Facebook and I, I will justify this and people will laugh at later. But like when Facebook was old school where you could get all these apps and it would like post it to your wall. I think it was mm -hmm. like your your like your uh, it'd give you your horoscope. And I would and this is high school now. So I would have it and I would read it in the morning. And I'd be like, today, someone is going to be nice to you. And I'm like, OK, what day is this? And it's like, this is Wednesday. I'm like, OK, this is Tuesday. So hopefully tomorrow this happens and then tomorrow would happen. And it would be like the simplest thing. You'd be in like gym class and you'd just be because yeah. girls and guys change different rooms and you'd come out and someone be like, Hey, is, is Michael in there? And it's like, it could be someone that you're used to taunting you. And it's like, no, I, I think he's changed. I think he's gone. Okay. Nice shot. And you're just like, was that it? Was that the sign? Was that the compliment of the day? <laughs> like, was that um, it? I was so weak. <laughs> you are a Libra. I just checked it. Yeah. You are a Libra. Um, yeah. Which is funny. You do not seem like a Libra to me. Oh, thanks. What's <laughs> this is like, what is I'm very about? into this stuff, but like you, um, you come across a lot like more like stronger than a Libra would. Like you're very like powerhouse. Here's my opinion. Listen to my opinion. <laughs> Which is I, a feel like, I feel like if I walk into a room, that is what happens. And then someone has to tone me down of being like, I'm not to the point. Let's put it this way. Like if someone came to me with like two different opinions, it's like we've had this podcast in the past where I think mm -hmm. I've, made a remark to you and then you were like actually brian you're gonna listen and i and i don't go like actually rachel we're getting cut off because <laughs> f you i'm just still like okay 
great. Yeah. Like, let's hear your opinion. Like, no. I feel like it's just the mindset of maybe it's just because somewhat where you're bullied when you were younger, it's almost like, okay, now I have to basically have my own voice where back then it's kind of like, I didn't not like it makes that much of a difference. <laughs> <laughs> it's not like it makes that it's much a of a trauma response, but I just hide it as confidence. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, for real though. It's like one of my things I, I come across very confident now. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, I'm confident to some degree, but like I am the most anxious person you'll ever meet. I think like yeah. when you meet me in person, I come across very like cool, calm and collected. And I find it so funny when people message me and they're like, Oh my God, it was really nice meeting you today. You like seem so calm or when I'm on stage, people say, you don't yeah. seem nervous at all. Girl, I wish you had <laughs> met me backstage 15 minutes yeah. ago when I thought I was going to throw up because I'm yeah. so anxious. But like people don't see that. And I think that it's like, I'm at the point now where I let people know um, that I'm very, I'm a very anxious person and I overthink a lot and I post bloopers and stuff now because I think that it's important to show that side of yourself more because you don't see it from a lot of people. And I think that it's very comforting as a person to see that other people are a mess, just like you. Well, I like that you said that because I've actually gotten the habit and I've always been that way, but it's just with Facebook and especially Twitter. Like I've, mm -hmm. I've always said this to people and like, I think it goes in one ear and out the other, but if someone famous had retweeted or said it, people are like, that makes so much sense. I'm like, I've been saying it for years. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. I, I always tell people like, you don't see people post their lows on Facebook. You're not going to. So don't like yeah. when someone's out there buying a house or having a kid and like their last thing that you remember seeing them was three years. Like just say it's in this order, house, kid, job. I'm like, mm -hmm. that's in three years. I'm like, do you see them post the time that they were so depressed that they couldn't afford a pizza that mm -hmm. they didn't think anyone was going to love them. But no, of course they're not going to do that. Where I, sometimes I have to watch myself because again, it's like borderline of self humor and then borderline of like, okay, I don't think they're laughing at me as much as, or they're not laughing with me now. They're laughing at me. But mm -hmm. I, I think recently I posted one when we interviewed uh, Justin Kelly from Hudson and Rex. And I was like, this mic just went out halfway through the interview. And I looked at him midway and like, oh shit, well, how am I going to do this? And mm -hmm. I could I edited out in the interview itself, but I posted the bloopers if to say, listen, shit happens. Like oh you can God. either take it and like people will can ridicule you and be like, How dare he edit it out? He's so serious. Or you can just be like, someone else out there in podcasting could be like, Okay, so my so mic you. So yeah. you're telling me that just doesn't happen to me. I'm like, Of course not. Like no. I've posted stuff on Instagram where I think like someone could be like, That's stupid, but it's just to get more stuff out there where mm -hmm. I was like, Tell me you're old without actually telling me you're old. And I just went like and I'm like, uh and someone's yeah. like, What does that do for anyone? I'm like nothing but it just shows like this is stupid you're allowed yeah, you're like a person and you can do things that are you know normal like i posted a video on my story on my on my business story um yeah. of me recording and i had a serious voice crack like so bad so atrocious a horrible voice crack because people always compliment me on my vocals and say like oh my god your pitch is so good and and it's such a nice compliment when you hear uh, like as a vocalist as a trained vocalist somebody saying your pitch is so good you like when you just track your raw vocals. They sound just like they're auto-tuned. I'm like, thank you. But here's something that I am going to share with you that is ugly. So horrifying. Because yeah. it happens to everybody and it's normal. So like, why yeah. wouldn't you share that? And people always tell me that I seem like I have my life together at 20 because I'm a musician. I hate to break it to you. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm a mess. <laughs> I post on Facebook on my personal thing all the time. And I'm like, 
if you are someone dealing with mental health issues and you're like feeling really down and you don't know who to talk to, my inbox is always open because I deal with that and people would never assume whatever mental health looks like, whatever it looks yeah. like to have mental illness because it's an invisible illness to have. And I'm like, you would never say that some days I can't get out of bed because my OCD is like just absolutely horrible, but yeah. I do. So like, why do you think that you're alone in that? Because somebody, you can, you can have mental illness and still be very successful and still come across as very put together. Hello, yeah. exhibit A, I seem like I have everything together and I'm trying to remain as productive as I can, but some days I'm just like, screw it, I can't do it. And that's yeah. okay. So it's like, I'm very big on reassuring people and showing people what's normal because I always struggled with being vulnerable and yeah. with this idea of perfectionism. So now not only am I helping myself get out of it, but I'm trying to help other people because it's a, it's a really stupid thing to try and hold yourself to. I want to talk a little bit about, because it would be totally unfair if I didn't, but you have a, a, a basically, I will call it a relatively new song out. I think it was in like March <laughs> aftermath. Tell me a little bit about that because I know earlier you were talking about getting used to COVID, um, like kind of producing stuff in your own room as well and getting someone to help you. But is that one of these songs that came because of this as well? So this song was written during... Um, I love when you start yourself with snow. It's like, I know when you're getting into detail. A lot. Yeah, this oh. is when I'm about to like really dive into something. Um, so Music and I'll hosted the Bell Alliant Canadian Songwriters Challenge Week. So it's similar to Bell Alliant like songwriting challenge. They have it every year anyways. Um, this was when COVID like kind of dipped down here in the province. So everything was kind of sort of opened up a little bit, just like trying to be careful. Yeah. So during this week, um, well, for this group specifically, we went to uh, Brett Vase, um studio, which is Music Box Studio out in CBS. And it was myself and Kelly Loader, Paige Penny, Brett Vay, and um, Ian Crew. That was who we were writing with. And so we went out to his studio and Brett has his own like at-home setup, I guess you could say. And um, obviously it's a music studio like for teaching lessons. And so he had the instruments and stuff there. So um we all kind of had our own part. Um, like Kelly and Ian were really great at composing it, like for the chords and stuff. And Ian's a beautiful piano player. And so um, him and Kelly like had their own thing. And then Brett was doing all of the um, recording and production stuff. Um, Daniel Adams actually produced it, but um, Brett recorded it at his studio. And then uh, myself and Paige really focused on vocals and uh, Kelly helped out on uh, harmonies and stuff like that. So it was like quite the group project, uh, but everybody kind of had their own like niche, I would say. And then we recorded it there. Didn't really think anything of it. Once again, it's just like let go how let go was written at Bell Media Challenge. Yeah. Um, so we didn't think anything of it. And then uh, I'm writing for a full length album. So 10 song album. Not really sure when that's going to be released, obviously, just because of um, the pandemic going on. But um, I came back to the group a few weeks later, I think, or maybe even a few months later. And I was like, I really, really love this song. I really want to like, you know, have it for my own project. And we kept the original vocals that Brett um, recorded because they were so beautiful. And he did such a great job recording it. And I guess having firsthand in producing it. Um, so yeah, that was really great. Uh, it was actually like a competition sort of deal because every group had to write a song. Um, and then we all played it for, um, you know, whoever was the judges at the time. And, um, so there was one song picked, uh, by a different group and they're doing their own thing with it now. But, um, so yeah, everybody had their own songs, but even though like our song didn't really win the competition or whatever, um, yeah, we're releasing it and I'm actually filming a music video for it in May. 
So there you, there you go. Time, timely to come on. <laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Rachel Cousins for coming on to the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob Sang. Thanks for listening, and good night. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. I'm Matt Kundle, host of the Sound Off Podcast, the show about podcast and broadcast. Since 2016, we've been speaking with amazing people who have populated your ears for decades. Legendary broadcasters, research wizards, talent experts, podcasters, voice talent, almost 400 stories, all for free. Subscribe or follow the Sound Off Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, or at soundoffpodcast.com. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.